Welcome to the Maverick Mindset Podcast, a podcast that will explore the stories of people who have chosen to take life into their own hands, in their own way, and define what success means for them. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and maybe even learn something new. My name is Romeo Santos, and I'll be your host. This is the Maverick Mindset Podcast. Let's go. What's up, Maverick Nation? It's Romeo Santos, your host of the Maverick Mindset Podcast, and I'm very stoked to bring to you today our guest, Mr. Jonathan David Kirk. He is a colleague of mine and a very good friend. He owns a highly successful real estate company and team in the Baltimore metro area, as well as he's got businesses doing coaching where he teaches people the ins and outs of search engine optimization, SEO. That's right. He is a maverick who does all sorts of things in his own way, and he succeeds for the most part while failing forward at almost all of them. So I can't wait for us to dive into this show and have him tell his incredible story and how he found himself where he is today. So Maverick Nation, let's welcome Jonathan David Kirk to the show. John, my man, what's up? Welcome to Maverick Nation. Pleasure to be here with you, Romeo. Thank you for having me, brother. Hey, it's, it's, it's our pleasure, man. I'm super excited. I know this is going to be an awesome show and people are going to get a ton out of this one. Uh, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we got started, how, how, how this show is, is really meant to be perceived. And so, you know, what I'd love to do is let's start with your story. Like, where are you from? And, and kind of tell us who you were as a kid, man. Like, I can only imagine. <laughs> so, yeah, man. First, again, uh, first of all, thanks again for having me on. Just an honor and a privilege to be here with you. Huge fan of you, everything you do, everything you're about, the team you run, the family you run, bro. Just an awesome dude, man. So pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, man. So from Baltimore, Maryland, grew up in like the Jewish suburbs here in Pikesville. Um, product of an unfortunate broken home. You know what I mean? My parents split when I was five, six years old. Um, you know, constantly you know missed my dad you know and always wanted to be there at his house and my older brother was a very strong parenting figure in my world because my mother was just you know one single mother uh trying to raise three children two young sons one older daughter and um you know i was uh who i was when i was younger dude i was always trying to trying to fit in and be a part of something and you know, always just wanted to be happy and liked friends and liked sports and just was a happy little kid, man. You know, I just didn't realize a lot of the programming I was in the conditioning I was receiving back then and how it would affect me today. And knowing everything we know today, I'm able to make traces back to that time to see like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. You know, of course, you know, it is the way it is now because of the way it was back then. So, you know, just grew up in a very um, good area, you know, Jewish community, you know, my mom raised me like, like, like a mother and father. She was just the bomb mother. Just amazing. Just an angel in my world. And just was, I, I never wanted for really anything um, material wise. You know, I always had what I needed um, even though I knew we were struggling. Um, but it, I think who I was, was just somebody trying to fit in, trying to be a normal family. I wanted, you know, sometimes, you know, there was things that happened early on, you know, with my father and stuff where, you know, he was well known, not for the best things that, you know, mm. I didn't really get a chance to hang out with certain kids, you know, certain families were like, you know, you can't hang out with that kid. You know, his mm. father is the one that was in the newspapers. Yeah. So mm. a lot of shit, dude. Um, so yeah, that's who I was is always trying to fit in. I feel like I, I was just very talented at um, sports. And I think I was always cognitively functioning at high levels, but just didn't realize what was what just trying to take everything and fit in. That's who I was as a youngster. Interesting. So when you keep saying like you were trying to fit in it and, and that the person that you are now, you are a, a very likable um, people, you know, you're, you're really good with folks. You're a really good gift of gab, right? Like you're just, you, you have a lot of those characteristics that you're talking about then. But what I want to know is, were you that way naturally or did you build that? while trying to fit in and like find your place hmm. i don't know dude i think i was always that way i think i've yeah. always had the ability to maneuver um and communicate that was a strong suit of mine i think that i've always had but didn't really understand that it was such a gift until i got into the professional world and started making sales and literally just stumbled upon sales happening and i was like what the hell just happened what the hell did i just <laughs> do like, what was that? And I'd have to go back and be like, wow, dude, 
like you really slowed down and you just like manipulated your energy to accommodate to whoever you were with. It just comes natural because I, I like mirroring and matching people. Like from the beginning of time, I used to see people on TV and I and like see people on stage and I try and mimic their exact movements and say things the exact same way that they would say them with accents and different languages. And I always enjoyed being able to act and manipulate. And I always say, my, I miss my calling. I wish I could have like pursued acting, you know what I mean? Because it is by oh. far one of the most fascinating careers to me, being able to immerse yourself in another person's character and escape from what you were just for a little bit, knowing that you're going to go back to it. I mean, how cool, what a, what a concept to do that for a living. So I think that in our world as a business professional, as a salesperson, it requires us to be able to tap into different states of consciousness, different states of flow to get a certain or elicit a certain response or result from our counterpart, the person that we're meeting with. So yeah. it just kind of came natural, I think, from me being so into the arts and entertainment and just watching people perform. It was all a manipulation of their energy. So I knew that, you know, if I wanted to, you know, get those same results, I needed to kind of tap into that as well. Interesting. Interesting. So you, so you talked about um, as a kid, like having some of those challenges show up for you, not being able to hang out with people maybe you wanted to because of your dad. Um, what do you think... What do you think that did to you in, in, as, a, as a kid? Like, you, you think that hurt you, helped you? How did that impact you? Man, that's interesting. Um, I think it helped me, you know, because it made me try even harder to make connections. Mm. I went out of my way to show my value to individuals, to just be a friend. Um, and it was just, it was, it was at such a young age that when it happened, it stayed with me. I'll never forget my mom telling me. She was so upset with my father, you know, like I had friends of mine that, you know, wouldn't, you know, let me come over to their house or they couldn't absolutely not come to my house. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? And, you know, you don't, you don't forget about things like that, even as a five-year-old yeah. and my, my oldest is five right now. So he's right where, where I was when my parents split. So being able to see him and how vulnerable and how innocent he is and how much guidance he needs, I couldn't imagine leaving my son or leaving the house at this stage of the game and letting him figure things out on his own. And I know that's not what my dad meant to do. He was just, you know, he was caught up in drugs, you know what I mean? And um, he couldn't help himself at that point, but that's like, and I didn't even spot that until just now. Like my kids, like right around the same age as I was when that happened. Um, so it, it will affect all of us. Um, if it happened to him, he would probably be going out of his way to try and fit in the same way that I was. And I don't want him to do that. You know, I want him to be himself and to have confidence and that self-esteem to know that, you know, daddy's coming home tonight and every night and he'll always be coming home. And my mom hit me with something the other day too. She was like, you know, um, well, I was working real late and she was just like, you need to go home to your kids. You know what I mean? You need to go home. It's like 7.30. I was like, I'm just trying to finish a project. She's like, you need to go home. And that's what you do. Your father, you know, just because your father wasn't there for you doesn't mean that. And I was like, whoa, mom, you have to drop mm. that on me. I'm like, I didn't even think about it like that. But no matter what work had to be done, I just stopped it, went home because I might only have two or three hours with them before the next day comes. And I don't see them for another 12, 15 hours. Mm. So it definitely forced me to try and fit in, I think, a little bit more than I would have otherwise. And that stayed with me, bro. Even the, the lack of confidence talking to girls as I got older. Um, even dude, I still have social, I'm like socially awkward. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it like working with me, but dude, when we get into a room and like, there's a bunch of people, I'm like, where's the first shot of alcohol. So I can like loosen up. Like that's, <laughs> that's the thing that'll help me. Otherwise my anxiety will run high and I can stay with that and process those emotions, which is what you should do. Right. It's like the power of now, right. Being that watcher, mm. um, so there's decisions to make. There's the angel and there's the devil. It's like, dude, you need yeah. a shot. You're socially awkward. People don't like you. Take a shot. You'll be cooler. And then there's the other one where it's like, dude, this is so anxious. I'm like really stressed out right now. Like, where do I start? You know? So I still struggle with that today, which is strange. I would have never have guessed that knowing you the way that I know you. I mean, I've seen you get up in front of rooms and present like an absolute pro. That is really, really interesting. I bet you people listening will be like, no way. That's not John Kirk. Wow. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah, bro. So tell, tell us a little bit about your family. You meant, you mentioned uh, your son and tell us, 
what the makeup of your family is. Yeah. So I got three beautiful boys. My, my lovely wife, you know, is, is just, you know, bared three beautiful children for us. Amazing sons, four, five, five, four, and two months old. He just turned two months old on the fourth. Congratulations. Lincoln, Rockland and Kingston. Yeah. Three oh, boys man, under five. And they're amazing, dude. And my wife is the absolute backbone. You know, she is, um, she just holds everything together, you know, and, you know, when you have a strong mother and you're, you're raised with a strong mother, she had some tough, tough shoes to fill, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I compared every female that I was with against my mother and, and nobody, I mean, first of all, nobody can amount to my mother and nobody adds up to that. Right. But sure. like Diana is like, you know, she is the most amazing woman that I've ever met. I mean, and you grow more in love with a woman like that every day because you see all the things that she does that you don't do. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to focus on what I do best. She's just such an empire protector behind the scenes and just clears the path for me to just take off every day. Clears this path. I take off every day. I land, I touch down. It's like, hey, babe, how was your day? What'd you do today? And she just clears the path for me to just crush it for our family and just continue to build our legacy. So it's just us five right now. Currently, we live in Lutherville and, um, you know, we're just we're. We're evolving and we're growing and you know, Lincoln's got the homeschooling now and he starts back in school in person, March 1st. So we're all excited for that. Mm. You know, so there's just a lot of, you know, changes that we've all been dealing with across the world with COVID and the restrictions and stuff. So we're all just dealing with it and working with it the best we can, man. And I, I pinch myself sometimes. I'm like, this is my life. And I'm very blessed and grateful. And I always like to look back and say, Hey, look, Look how far we've come from where we started instead of like, look, here we are now and look where we want to go to. It's like, let's take some time to like enjoy all the fruits of our labor up until now. So those are the conversations that her and I have a lot are, babe, like, look at where we were five years ago. You know, we see time hops when Lincoln was a baby and we remember living in that apartment in Pikesville, you know what I mean? When we had nothing, you yeah. know, so it's pretty cool to see where, how you grow and where you evolve and just taking the time to express gratitude for that. That's awesome. I love that. And, and, you know, you said, a, you said a couple of things in there. I want to unpack first you, I, I love that all that respect and that admiration that you give to your wife. I, I certainly agree. I mean, my wife's the same, like I, I may not be the best always at expressing it to her, but like she does so much that I could never do on my own for sure. And, you know, but, but you, you basically are saying like, because of her, I'm able to do these things. And so just for everybody out there listening, like nobody does anything alone. Would you agree? Right? Like you have to have a team. And so your team can be your spouse or your girlfriend or your mom and your dad, whatever it might be, but there's a team around you when you're coming through. And that team, I think has a huge impact. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's really key. And I think I really just wanted to point that out so people can really resonate, like let that sink in a little bit. And then what you said there at the end, right. I heard, I heard something recently and um, it was really profound and it made me go, oh, need to do a better job of that. And what the statement was, was you need to look back and realize that what you used to wish for is what you now have. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's so good. Right. That's like, so can you good. think about that? So like, I remember as a kid, like wishing, like, I just wish that I, you know, could have a house. Right. Cause we grew up in apartments. And so like my wife and I have a house, I'm sure there's many things like that with you as well. So that's really, really beautiful. I love that you, that you guys spend time doing that. Cause it is hard for us to reflect back, especially being, you know, an entrepreneur, a high drive individual. That's impressive that you're able to do that. Cause most of us are constantly looking that way. Right. We're looking yeah. down the road. What's next, what's next, what's next. Um, how, how do you think that you were able to build that into yourself? Is that something that you have always done? Or is that like a skill that you kind of over time have tried to work on? Dude, I never like to be upset. I never like to dwell in negativity. And, you know, whenever there's complaining or any of that around me, we always try to have a conversation around it. I do not I just don't like complaining. You know what I mean? I like, I like results. I like solving problems. Like, of course there's stuff to complain about. The one thing that I don't like to do is to talk about the things like, and to hear the same complaint over and over again, like we've worked on that in my house where we just won't even talk about it. Like, I don't need to hear it. I just need to hear the solutions. You know, we can talk about what our problems are. 
Um, but I just, I, I just don't like dwelling in complaints and just problems because I'm just such an action taker that anything that I have an issue about, I've already started taking action on it. You know what I mean? So some people chronically complain, you know what I mean? And they're just always complaining about the next thing. Um, you know, that's just, we flipped the conversation and now it's just, we just, cause there's so much more to talk about what you're grateful for. And it's such a healthier conversation for your heart and your emotions. It literally does something physiologically when you talk about gratitude. So fix the things that you don't like, talk about the things that you do like, you know what I mean? So like, that's like the mantra in my household is to just fix things we don't like. Don't talk about it, be about it. And let's talk about everything that we're grateful for. And you're right. Like we, when I look at that, that, that uh, quote, what you used to uh, wish you have, what you used to wish for, you now have. I'm like, wow, I thought about that. Like everything that we used to wish for, we have, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the sex, successful businesses, you know, the house, you know, the investment properties, you know, more businesses, everything is coming. So it's like to be ungrateful about anything in this world, is absolutely silly because there's so many more people that have it way worse than we do. And they're grateful about the little things that they do have. You know what I mean? They, if they don't complain, why should we complain? You know what I mean? There's people that have way worse that still don't complain. And until they don't complain, we don't complain, you know? So yeah, the way I see it, bro. Love it. What do they say? Reasons or results. And you can't have both. You can't have both. I've been right? hearing that a lot lately, dude. I, <clears throat> I love that. Yep. Yeah. I love that. So now were you always a kid that whenever you hit a roadblock, you were positive and able to push through it or were you different? Did it used to impact you more and stop you? Yeah. I've always, cause I, I come from the sports background. So whenever I was, you know, I was very athletic growing up. I played very competitive baseball as a youngster. That was like, you know, um, in the coaching habit, this book, um, the author talks about the specialists, you know, the specialist athlete. That's who I was where when I stepped, like, I didn't care about the practices. I wanted to get onto the field and I wanted to disrupt. I wanted to win. I wanted people to be like somebody freaking guard that kid or take that kid out of the game because I was coming without a family. My mom was the only person watching me play. Um, baseball and like other kids had big families and followings. And I just enjoyed coming into another person's hometown and literally striking out their first five, you know, starting batters and walking off and just being looking at them as I walk off. And they're just like, holy shit, who is that? You know what I mean? So like <laughs> any type of, I was, I just thrived on competition. When I hit roadblocks, I'm going to figure out how to get around that myself. Like I never needed a coach. I didn't have anybody but myself. And I studied Michael Jordan ever since I was a youngster. Like I just watched him play ball, watched him win his championships, watched him overcome adversity, you know, just like, you know, for people today is LeBron or Kobe, God rest his soul. You know what I mean? Like Michael Jordan was it for me. Cal Ripken was it for me. And my mom supported all my dreams. She's like, honey, you can be a professional baseball player. You're one of the best baseball players that's around your community right now. I'm like, hell yeah, I am, mom, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, that's by awesome. the way, I need that new, uh, that new bat. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I would get the $230 gloves with SSK. I'd make my dad go buy me the most, like, I was just, that's how he bought my love. You know what I mean? Mm. That's how he earned my love. You know, he, he would buy me things. My mom mm. would discipline me and love me. Um, but still between the both of them, I got what I wanted. Um, so always had to kind of go around those roadblocks myself, man. And I realized it was always me that prevented me from getting around it. Um, so that was something that I'm, I'm blessed in that I've had the ability to be able to push through whenever I feel like my weight is a little bit more than where it needs to be. I know what my mandatory minimums are. I know how much cardio, I know how much weight, I know my macros, my nutrients that I have to eat in order mm -hmm. to stay within my certain comfort zone. So trial and error, man, just figuring stuff out and failing at such a massive rate of speed, I think is the reason why I've experienced success in different areas. Cause I'm not afraid to fall on my face and be like, that shit hurt. You guys see mm. that? Make sure you don't make that same mistake because guess what? I'm going back in. Let's see what happens. That's it. Now we're getting to the good stuff. The failures, failing forward. Mm. In our industry, we talk about that a lot, right? I mean, especially Keller Williams, where we both were um, at a point in our careers, talk so much about that. <laughs> and I mean, what, a, what an impact. Now, question for you. <clears throat> Being at Keller Williams, granted, 
wonderful place and neither one of us are with that company any longer, but being with Keller Williams from a mindset perspective and just everything that came along with that, how impactful was that for you? Bro, game changer. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how when people say it made me who I am, you know what I mean? Like that, that machine, this machine right here, you know what I'm saying? Like this stuff, you know what I mean? Like I got all my, all my stuff here from bold, you know what I mean? Like all the systems, all the leaders, you know, that we were blessed with to have, you know, pour into us in the beginning of our careers, you know, all that stuff is just, it's game changing stuff, man. And I would not be anywhere near the person I am going to those family reunions, getting to the mastermind with all these different individuals. It was, it was, it was the rock star part of my life where it literally made me who I am today. I truly believe that I wouldn't have built the skill set, the connections, the relationships without that. So it's like the school of hard knocks, right, bro? Yeah. So, you know, everybody out there listening, I hope you guys heard a couple of those things there, right? Like you got to fail. Because, you know, what is it that Jen says all the time? You have to have breakdowns that breakthroughs, right? Yep. And anybody that's interested, you can go back and listen to that interview with Jen Schiff on episode three. Um, she, she, John and I actually share her as our coach in real estate. She, she's an incredible, um, profound woman at a very young age. Um, and, and I agree, like Keller Williams, you know, I came... I've been in real estate and then hospitality and hospitality can make you negative real quick, but I love it. Right. I'd love the people element of hospitality and, and like creating experiences and serving folks. Um, yet there's so much behind the scenes that like can really, really like just make you a negative person. And so I come out of there and I was able to, you know, do well and, and start back at Keller Williams, leaving real estate, coming back. And, and I, and I'm introduced and like it, totally changes the person that I am. Now, I guess that person was inside, right? Would you agree? Like, did it change you or did it just open you up to something that was already living inside of you? Yeah, it peeled back the layers, bro. It exposed you, right? And it helped you make, feel like it was okay. Because the things that you talk about in in Keller Williams and, and just in our real estate community in general, those are not conversations that you tend to have with just anybody, right? Like we are always talking about mindset and growth and, and, and being positive and, and all those things, you know, when you didn't have those things in your life, like tell us a little bit before you got in real estate, what was that? Like, what did that era look like for you? Mm. Wow. That's weird, dude. I don't even remember. Like I was just into music at that point, you know, and I was, I was looking to, I was a record engineer, you know, in in the record industry in California, you know, working in studios, you know, for hours per day, you know, just, just basically slaving away. And um, yeah, let me just turn this off. And it really just got to a point where, you know, I didn't know what my route was. So I connected to Michael, you know, Michael was my beacon of positivity. My brother was just like, dude, you know, come sell real estate with us. You know, I make, you know, Michael's crushing it right now, just off my investments alone. So I had to take a good, honest look at that because there was no personal development. You know, I wasn't, growing and evolving as a human, I was literally just aging. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and, you know, bro, and I got to mention something about you real quick too, because I remember when you came into the business and just watching your evolution of the way that you've evolved. I mean, I've witnessed that. I've seen that. So mm. it's different, bro, because for me, I'm in myself all the time. So it's harder for me to see the growth that's occurred. But like, dude, like I can see like the growth with you, the leadership, you know what I mean? You're lid. It's unbelievable, bro. Just to see what's happened. So I have no doubt that it had such a profound impact because once we got plugged into that system, it wasn't just come sell real estate. It was like, come grow, come learn, come self-discover yourself and figure out who you are inside and what your strengths, your roles, and your, your, your focus should be your superpower. Because as humans, the only thing that separates us from the animal kingdom is we have this amazing ability to focus, you know what I mean? On things where animals cannot do that. And I think that they, they basically, they nurture that. They nurture the focus, the superpower of dialing in on what is your one thing or the, or your strength or your superpower that you should focus and exploit. So I think that's big, but prior to the KW days, bro, there was no personal development. There was nothing. No so books. I had no, I had no idea that you ever did anything like that. So why don't we back it up a little bit further? So you yeah. go through school, you, you continue to be an awesome athlete. I'm imagining through high school and what comes after high school. 
So after high school, I got into the mortgage business and I started selling loans, um, you know, until like 22, 23, you know, I went straight from what age did you get into mortgages? 18 years old, 18 years old. Wow. 18 years old. Yeah. So I was selling mortgages since I was 18, um, worked out of my brother's shop, uh, for a couple of years, like three, five years, um, was not into the greatest things. You know what I mean? I was not probably the healthiest human either. I was mixing it up with individuals that probably weren't conducting themselves in the right manner, which led me to just say, you know what, I need to get out of Baltimore and go to Arizona, start studying music um, and record engineering. So I went to a school in Arizona called the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences, um, got a master's in digital and analog recording, worked in studios in California until 2010. And that's when I called Michael in 2010. And I was like, dude, I'm coming home. He's like, you know, get a job for a little bit and then, then holler at me. So I did. I got a job at the Baltimore Business Journal. I would call him and my brother every morning on the way to work miserable. Like I'm getting ready to go sell newspapers and I'm suited up and I hate my life. I hate my job. And then finally, Brandon was like, just call Michael. I think he's ready for you. So I called Michael. He was like, let's go. And he was always a huge fan of me, um, supporting me in my music industry and my music business the whole time I was away. So it was exciting for me to be able to reconnect and come learn under him. And as soon as I connected, I mean, my, I was off to the races. First deal under contract within two weeks, first check within like, you know, a month and a half, six to $8,000. I'm like, what's this money? It's amazing. You know what I mean? And I had no idea what to do, but I was making more money than I had ever made. And that's when the personal development journey started. That's when all the growth and development started to show its ugly face and show me where I needed to develop and, and scale up. Interesting. Interesting. So for everybody out there listening, Michael, we're talking about Michael Schiff. Shout out to you, Michael Schiff. We'll have you on the show soon. Um, yeah, Michael is a great, great dude and a super inspiring and positive individual. He's got a good story too. All right. So you start selling real estate, you're with Michael and, and the team over there. And I know that you've kind of bounced um, to a couple um, uh, locations while you've been in your real estate journey, but you've also started to do some other really, really creative things. And you're, you're doing an amazing job helping a ton of people start telling us a little bit about what made you decide that you wanted to do more than the real estate sales. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. You know, I, um, I don't believe that, you know, I was put on this earth just to sell real estate for the rest of my life. I really enjoy helping people through the process of getting their property sold. I love the relationship building aspect of it. My clients are lifelong clients. We're friends forever. Um, I just, I knew that there was other sources of value I had to provide to the world. It wasn't just selling real estate. And in 2020, when the pandemic hit, um, I had already taken my business online where a lot of my income and leads were coming from my websites, my Google, my business profiles. I started a company called minutepages.com which is due to release March 1st of 2021. Finally, a full year after I started it, it's ready to bring to market. And it just took a lot of time with any software. There's always hiccups and delays. And we did some iterations and improvements to the templates and the software to make it, you know, a one of a kind product, which I can honestly say I am more excited than I've ever been about bringing this product to market. It's unbelievable. Um, But in the interim, in the time it took to get it out, people were like, hey, bro, where is it? Where's your website? I need a website. Hey, I need a website. Hey, dude, I need a website. And after 20, 30 people hit me up saying, I can't wait anymore. I decided to start a consulting company around, you know, helping individuals build their websites, create authority online through their YouTube, Google, my business and website platforms, do their keyword research, help them understand which type of evergreen content to create. Same thing that I had been doing for my business, you know, for the last year and a half, two years, but now helping others in their businesses, and one thing turned into the next and, you know, it just kind of started growing and taking off. And I started to pick up, pick up amazing clients like yourself and, you know, just some high high hitters. And it just proved itself to be very beneficial, not just for, you know, all the other agents that I'm working with, but also for me to realize that I do have some major value to provide to other people. I'm not just here to sell real estate. What I'm offering is actually valuable and it's rare and it's unique and it's not being offered to the marketplace at least that we can find right now um so we just kind of hit the ground running and one thing turned into the next and it just grew like wildfire over the next couple months and now you know we've aligned you know with you and uh, jennifer at the manifest network at exp realty and we've got our coaching consulting company we've got our current home group sales team and then the technology with minutepages.com which is about to launch so we've just got a lot of 
Stones of the so, and, and you've taught me so much about all that. I was actually telling our producer of the show before uh, all the stuff and, and, I, and I, I'm probably geeked out on him and made him like, what the heck is he talking about? But it was awesome. Um, <laughs> all right. So minute pages so that everybody knows what that is. You didn't spend a whole lot of time in there. What exactly is minute pages? Yeah. Lead sites in minutes. You know, if you want okay. real estate websites that generate leads, you know, you can go to www.minutepages.com and request information. You'll be put on the beta list. It's, it's the same way, you know, we work with our carrot websites or, mm-hmm. you know, agent fire websites. It's, they're just, they're lead producing websites for real estate sales professionals, whether you're a real estate agent or whether you're a real estate investor, it does not matter. Um, you can utilize these sites, customize them, input content around certain keywords that are hot keywords for your local market that your sellers are typing in to solve their problems, answer their questions. Therefore, you start to rank on the top pages of the search engines to receive those inbound leads instead of consistently having to be on a hamster wheel of generating leads outbound, making cold calls, door knocking, sending out mailers, repetitive social media posts, which still work, but as soon as they stop being done, the leads and the income stops coming in where we focus on doing one thing one time and having it work for us over and over and over again. Mm, Interesting. So what's going to separate minute pages from some of those other sites that you had spoken about? Yeah. So the the price, number one, that's the first thing. So, you know, we we are definitely affordable. However, it's a little bit more done for you with, with Mm. minute with carrot, you degree, we're working on our carrot websites. Um, and you're, you're one of the more exceptional people that I've worked with where you've actually understood the back end of the WordPress, uh, the intricacies of the website and how it works. Um, you're one of the very few people, maybe 10 or 15% of the people that we, that we work with that can actually do it themselves. So what Minute Pages is, it's more of a done for you, a limited user interface on the back end where, you know, you log into Carrot, you have access to everything. You have to do everything yourself. You know, your SEO add-ons, you know, your pay-per-click, you're doing all that yourself where Minute Pages, it's got packages, blog packages, got SEO packages, PPC packages. So a little bit different, done for you, very affordable. Um, and they are absolutely gorgeous templates. I mean, I think that's probably one of the most shining um, characteristics of it. When you first see it, there's several templates to pick from and they are just beautiful websites, high definition websites, which has been a big concern. Um, you know, whenever I'm working with people, they want it to be beautiful. They want it to yeah. represent them and their company and their theme at the highest level. So we focused and put a lot of emphasis on that. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see them myself. I'll definitely yeah, be bro. jumping on, on the train. Um, all right. So you mentioned a couple things in there about, you know, leads and hamster wheel and all that. And you went online. Um, why is it important for real estate professionals or any professional to be able to generate that type of content and to have, you know, leads that are coming to them versus like, wouldn't it just be easier for me just to go and buy leads if I wanted to do that from some service that was already set up? Yeah, I mean, technically, in, in theory, it would be easier for you to get the leads, but you would have to keep paying to get the leads to come. Um, and, you know, it's not predictable, it's not consistent, and it's not scalable unless you're throwing more money at it. So, um, for instance, you know, you're, you're in the DC Annapolis area, there's definitely a lot of different towns and cities around there. There's so many different hot buzzwords where people want to buy houses in this district or this community or this town. And that's why the website's going to be beneficial because you have a specific location page built out to capture people for those local towns where you can't get that hyper-focused just throwing money at it. You'll get leads wherever the leads come from if you're paying for them. So this is how to really focus on your niche market, your area of expertise, so you can carve out your little dominant territory and not have to worry about starting over every single year. You know, like whenever I mm. used to call expired and I'd list, you know, 50, 60 houses and sell 36 or 37, like that was a great year. Now the next year comes, I'm starting all over from scratch. Here I go back on the phones again, starting that uphill battle, talking, trading my time in proportion to the value that I'm receiving versus this. It's very different. You did it one time and the value just keeps coming in. It mm. never stops. So it's just called evergreen content versus putting out other content. The evergreen content, it never loses its relevance. You know, the videos that you make on your location pages, they will never lose relevance. They will stay relevant forever and continue to work for you over and over again, as long as they're optimized. So that's the game that we're playing is the long-term authority building game to be not a commodity long-term, 
to be an authority because big technology, they're here. They're, they've been here. They're not going anywhere. If anything, now they're competing against us like Zillow, right? They become their own mm -hmm. brokerage, realtor.com. They have their realtor-less system, right? Realtor.com has a system that doesn't work with realtors. It, it's, it, it's crazy. So, but this has been their plan the whole time. The problem is for them is they're not here in DC. They're not here in Baltimore. So if we tell our story, we beat them every time. But what they're betting on is that we're looking for our next real estate sales transaction. We're never going to tell a story online. Therefore, their story is the only one that's going to be told. So they're not going to be disruptive. However, mm -hmm. now we are disrupting them. You're disrupting them. I'm disrupting them. Everybody that we're working with is disrupting them in their own local market because we work here. We live here. We give back to our communities. We play here and we sell real estate here. They don't do any of those things. So it's up to us to really tell our story via website, Google My Business and YouTube platforms um, because they're already doing it and winning at it. They're just waiting for us to either not do it or disrupt them. So it's up to us if we want to take that game back. We just have to choose to tell our story, which is what you uh, and I are personally both doing. Yeah. So, um, and obviously I know most of that, but I wanted to really have you be able to, you know, explain that to everybody. So what I'm hearing, if I was sitting at home listening to the podcast is you're talking about a system that allows you to insulate as well as grow your own personal business versus being reliant, right? I guess it's almost like the adage, you can give a man a fish and feed him for a day, or you can teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. That's I it, may have bro. butchered that. Sorry, everybody. No, but, that's good. Right? <laughs> that's it, dude. You said it, bro. Yeah. And what we were doing is we just learned how to fish. I mean, you learned how to fish very quick. I learned how to fish over a couple of years. It took me to really figure it all out, but I've been able to fast forward the learning curve for everybody that I'm working with. So they don't have to wait that long because I had to figure all this out on my own. And now once I got it, I was able to compile it into a course, which we now have as the digital agent investor, which is ever evolving. It's always changing, but yet it's here for anybody to plug into if they choose to. And I think you'd agree that it's something, if you're a real estate professional, you should, you should all have authority. You should all have your own websites, not owned by the broker, and you yeah. should all be publishing content regarding your target market with your target keywords. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So um, what else do you have going on? Is there anything else that we need to know about you? Like what else are you doing inside of your business that you want to share with us? So, yeah, I mean, right now we really just have something special going on with our network, you know, with the manifest network at eXp Realty. And I'm just super excited to be aligned with top professionals like yourself, with Jennifer, with our upline. Um, I think that we have something unique that nobody else has. So what we're doing is we're just building and we're evolving that platform um, to be able to plug my agents in, you know, my network into a source of value that's much greater than myself and much greater than other people in there because there's so many other people. It's something very difficult for folks to wrap their head around. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They don't quite get that. It really is the real deal. It really is something you could plug into like right now and get results because a lot of people are hurting across the country right now. You know, I talk to a lot of agents, everybody that I talk to, they have a lack of inventory. Some people are hurting for, for listings right now. Some people are hurting for transactions um, so to be able to not be alone on an Island by yourself, trying to figure this stuff out on your own, it's, it's paramount for success in today's day and age more than it ever has been before, because technology has been disrupting us every single day and it continues to do so. So what we got going on is just something special, man, you know, the coaching and the consulting, um, you know, that we offer with our network, you know, that we offer within our consulting companies and coaching companies, I believe is, is game changing stuff right now, building authority, becoming, you know, that no name in your community in the eyes of the biggest search engines in the world, as well as still focusing on your database. I mean, we're, we're excited to grow our real estate business this year. I mean, like when it comes down to it as something as simple as growing my business, <laughs> it gives me major fulfillment, you know, to be able to coach and consult with you and Jennifer and our network and our upline, um, things that I've been focused on that, you know, nobody had me focused on before where I was just by mm -hmm. myself figuring this out on my own. So I'm excited to get back to basics, Romeo, to answer your question, nice. bro. It's never excited me more to grow my real estate sales team, to grow my real estate sales business, to build my websites up and to help all my coaching clients and partners across the country do the same exact thing. I love it. So um, it's interesting, a couple of things that I hear in there. And obviously this is a podcast that I, I believe a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs, because um, you know 
we may have hit a certain level of success, but I still feel like every day I'm, I'm aspiring. Right. And, you know, I hope that everybody heard there's some things in there, right? Like John, John just kept mentioning network, right? Network. And, And there's a lot of sayings out there, right? Like your network, your network is your net worth, right? Nobody does it alone. And, you know, I think in general, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you have a different perception on this, but when talking with other entrepreneurs, or at least people that are aspiring to be entrepreneurs, that there are a lot of people that really get stuck in the rat race of I'm just going to do it all versus who can help me get there faster. And, and that a lot of times there are, there are people that struggle with the patience game, mm-hmm. right? Like Jim Rohn talks about discipline. Discipline is the act of doing small things day after day after day to achieve a desired result. And that's really hard for people, right? And, and a lot of times people, they, I want it yesterday and I'm that personality type. And I think you're that personality type too, right? But somehow we've learned like, okay, sometimes you might need to step back a little bit. Mm. You might need to take a little bit less right now to get a lot more later. To those people that are out there that are saying, well, yeah, I could go do this, that, or whatever industry they may be on. But, you know, those people that might help me are going to, are going to maybe profit from it as well or benefit from it as well, whatever it might be. What do you say to people that might have that mindset around, around um, wanting it all versus getting it all just a little bit later? Yeah, I mean, I can quote Jim Rohn again, man. If we're going to talk about one of the goats, you know, he says, um, the weight of discipline weighs ounces and the weight of regret weighs tons. Mm, yes. So, you know, you have to take steps back in order to go forward. It's just a necessary part of the process. Cause if you keep pushing forward, you're not able to watch and see what's going on. You're just your tunnel vision. You know, you're just like, I'm trying to go there versus taking a step back. Boy, I mean, you get some major perspective and it can be disruptive to you too, because it forces you to look at some things that you were just trying to ignore by putting those blinders on. And I can speak from experience with this. Um, but you know, the universe talks to us, you know what I mean? And if you're listening to what the universe says, you're able to have a communication with the universe. But if you're literally just shut off and you're like, you know what? I don't care what anybody says. This is what I'm going to do. How can you ever talk to the universe or ever listen to have the universe listen to you? Man, it's a real thing. This universe speaks to us. You know what I mean? God speaks to us through other people. So you need to take time to step back, not only smell the roses and look at how far you've come, but like survey where you're going and make sure that you actually want to go there and go there with the people that you're currently going there with. So that's where I think a lot of emphasis needs to be placed on taking a step back to like see how you can take steps forward. It's crucial, man. You know, the CEO of um, Chick-fil-A, he takes three, four weeks out of every single year just to go travel to a place to just think. Mm-hmm. like how much time do we take out of our day out of our week out of our month to just block out on our schedule thinking time <laughs> yeah yeah the best time that we get to think right now romeo is on airplanes you know what i mean because when we, <laughs> there's nothing else that's going to distract us you're like i'm going to read this book i'm mm-hmm. going to think i'm going to write i'm going to take notes but you know if we were intentional about planning thinking time into our calendar think about how much more we would get done so i think that business is a thinking man's game a thinking woman's game and those that have the best ability and time to actually think and use their superpower as a human, which is focus, our only difference between us and the animal kingdom, there's no choice but for them to get to new heights because they're, in, they're, they're implementing the only God-given gift that they have that separates us from the animal kingdom, which is our ability and our superpower to focus. Yeah. Um, Tony Robbins says all the time that um, the universe will pay you what you ask of it. Mm. Right. And then he quotes the Bible and says, you know, even the Bible says, if you ask, you shall receive. However, he says what I think that it really means is that if you ask intelligently, not if you and this is me quoting him, not if you bitch, you get what you ask for. But if you ask intelligently what it is that the universe will give you, you know what it is and and, and, and I believe that, and this is getting crazy because, you know, you and I could probably do this all day, but I'm always yeah. listening to things and getting motivated. And so I love Steve Harvey. Not sure if you listen to Steve Harvey too, at, yeah. at all, but man, he is incredible. And so I was watching something the other day where, where he said, P- 
people need to start paying attention to their imagination. Mm. You, I'll try my best to, to, to say it the way he says, you ain't that smart. Your imagination is God showing you what he has in store for you. Mm. So why don't you go after it and get it? right conditioning right it's like conditioning like what stops us from doing that like why are so many people shut off to that you know what i mean like it's uncomfortable for people to think about that they're like i'm not a kid like why should i use my imagination it's like no dude yeah like dream take the time to think about what could be lay in your bed wake up like wake up two hours early before everybody's up and just lay in bed you will start imagining things. You will start dreaming and thinking of things. Like that's where it comes to me is in the morning, man. When I'm awake and my whole family's sleeping, you know, I wake up thinking about things because we go to bed thinking about things. So when we employ that reticulating activating system to do the work for us while we're sleeping, I wake up sometimes with no alarm and I'm like, oh my God, that's it. I have the answer through sleeping and thinking about it pop right up because my imagination was working. Mm. I don't think any of... I don't think our company would be in existence if imagination wasn't there. If Glenn Sanford didn't have an imagination to think about this crazy concept, I mean, the dude is a visionary. He's iconic, you know, and now people are starting to see that. Now he's starting to get the recognition when at first everybody was saying he's crazy. It's, it's, it's fake. It's not real. Okay, sure. It's not just like the $124 stock price isn't real. Trust me. Right. It is. I've got friends that are pulling out and buying rental properties in cash right now showing me screenshots of a million dollars worth of stock it's very very real so you can either choose to believe what you want to tell yourself or use that imagination to ask yourself what's possible who can i get into business with that can take me to new levels who's already there who's headed there so this is it truly is a world of unlimited possibilities if you don't believe that you have to start wrapping your head around that now because it's not just some fake mantra like literally with the way the internet has disrupted the world like you can become and do anything that you want to do as long as you employ your superpower you focus on it you execute and you surround yourself with people your network right who are already doing it and going in a similar direction love it yeah, love it well i mean you, you bring up, you know, people said, oh, that's crazy. You can't do that. The reality though, is that almost everything that's new that ends up being huge started out that way, right? Oh, that's crazy. That'll never work. Right? Amazon, dude. Yeah. He was only selling books. People were like, that dude will never sell food. You know what I mean? That dude will never have an e Bro, we just, we just got our delivery of groceries from Amazon. I mean, they're dropping oh, off our groceries. Since the, since the pandemic hit, I, I don't believe that my wife and I know I haven't been to the grocery store once. Nope. Not, we haven't I mean, how hand. crazy is the world now? Like everything's at your fingertips. Like we as humans can think about, can dream up, think about and implement almost anything. Totally. And make it actually I mean, come into three dimensions. We've, we've flown to the moon and that was a long time ago. You now have a private individual, right, in Elon Musk, who literally is now flying rockets into space. Which they're saying is more efficient than NASA. It probably is. So private <laughs> sector, man, I'm telling you, the private sector, that's what's, it's, it's free. It's a free country. Regardless of who says it's not, you're just not taking the action. Nobody's going right. to stop you from doing what you want to do unless you're doing something illegal, in which case you probably shouldn't be doing it anyway. Um, but if you want something bad enough and you know how to go get it by looking at other people who have done it, the only person that's going to stop you from taking the action is you. They're not going to come to you. You got to go to them. You got to go get what you want. Everything that I've seen you get and acquire, you've gone after it. Same thing with me. Everything I want, I'm like, I'm coming after that. I'm coming for that. You know, my good friend, our good friend, John Bonacci, you know what I mean? Over mm. there in Texas, he's almost a scratch golfer right now, dude. This kid, he was shooting in the high 114s when he first started playing. I predict right now, what's today? February 5th, 2021. He will be a pro tour golfer. That kid will win events. I'm telling you, dude, his, his, his mindset, when he makes the decision to go after something, there's nothing that stops that young man. You know what I mean? And the same way when we decide to do something, I harness the power of Romeo. I harness, I'm like, that's, those are my boys. They can do it. I can do it. Let's go. We run together as a crew. And, and, you know, he just had a couple birdies. He's about to be a scratch golfer. I mean, like who would have thunk it in less than a year or two. I mean, the kid is about to be on the pro tour. 
if, and that's one of the hardest sports to become a professional at. So mm. if that doesn't show you what's possible, I don't know what does. Yeah, I love it. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you said there, because let's not make it sound like it's all roses and sunshine being an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, man. We talked a little bit about failure before, yet what I think, <clears throat> what I think people have to be careful about is that the word entrepreneur sounds cool, right? What do you do for a living? I'm an entrepreneur, right? It's not really very cool. Most of the time you're like broke, you're struggling. Like you don't know, you don't know exactly what might happen next month. Like it's, it, it could be a high stress environment. Now, over time, I think you can build skills and you can minimize this. However, being an entrepreneur really means that you like, not only do you have to have the mindset and not only do you have to have hopefully some people that can guide you in the right direction, you have to really, really work. Like you really, really have to work. It's not going to just happen tomorrow, right? Like what you said that you had your first deal in six weeks, was it six weeks you said? Closing right? in six weeks, first yeah. deal in two weeks. First deal in two weeks, closing in six weeks. Now that happened. I'm sure you were working your push off and it happened also because of some of the other things we're talking about, your who's that were around you that were yeah, able to, <laughs> that were able to shorten your learning curve, right? That were able to yeah. point you in the direction of, of where you needed to go. And so like, there's a lot of value in that, that I think people miss out on by not just having conversations. And I hope podcasts like this that continue to come up, you know, will, will help people continue to understand more and more and more that, you know, you, you have to share your ideas. You have to talk to people. You have to make connections. Like you have to be willing to help, help first, right? Like you said, you got to go and ask for it. Right. And, and people will give it to you. And people are generous. Would you agree that most people are generous? Like if somebody came up to you and you barely knew them and they were like, Hey, I, I really admire what you've been doing. And I would love, you know, to buy you a cup of coffee and, and, you know, see what I could maybe do for you in totally. exchange for possibly learning some of the things that you do. I'd buy them, them a cup of coffee. Yeah. Right? I'd buy them a cup of coffee just for coming up to me and just paying a compliment and just being that nice and actually going out of their way to, to take a risk to ask for what they want. I commend that all day long, all the time. I had a coaching client today that I talked to. I said, I want, I want to be closed. You know what I mean? I want you to come and ask me for the order. And when you do, I'm going to give it to you because you know, people are nice. People want to help the right people want to help. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Who do you think um, has been the most impactful, whether it be somebody, you know, somebody living, somebody dead, who's been the most impactful in your life as a mentor? Mm. Wow. I don't know, dude. It depends for which time in my world, I would say from years 2014 to 2017, Andrew Scher, my coach at the time, was probably, you know, and still is just, I still live by the principles and he was a big student of Jim Rohn. Um, you know, he gave me that book, Leading an Inspired Life um, by Jim Rohn, one of the best books that doesn't even, it's not even published anymore. It's like a couple hundred dollar book. Um, I think that, you know, Andrew and Jim Rohn, probably the most impactful individuals, you know, because those are the principles in which I live, you know, and John Maxwell, you know what I mean? And from the way that he talks about his wife and his kids and honoring your family, dude, it's so important to me to honor my family, man. Like my wife and my children, like, like a real man honors his family. A real man is, you know, he's, um, you know, he's loyal to his family, you know what I mean? And there's all these temptations around us, you know what I mean? But like the, the words that I've heard from John C. Maxwell, and Jim Rohn, I mean, dude, like those were like fathers that I never had that literally spit game and like were like youngster. I thought to myself, like a youngster, if you don't take what these dudes say and, and, and implement, your life will never be nearly as good as it could be. So those two dudes, Maxwell and Jim Rohn, I'm going to go ahead and give it to them. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Now, how much, well, actually, I wanted to ask you something that I forgot to ask earlier. Do you have a morning routine that you do? Yes, for sure. Tell me about it. Yeah. So I wake up at six in the morning. I wake up, I'm literally Nazi-ish about, about my coffee and my creamer. Like I like my <laughs> creamer to be perfect. I use um, keto creamer with MCT oil. So it doesn't have any sugar in it. And literally okay. I look forward to a little bit of my creamer. My I pour the creamer in first and then I pour the hot coffee because if you pour the coffee in first and then the creamer, it doesn't separate with the heat as well. So creamer first, coffee on top of that half hour, 
reviewing my high performance habit book. You know what I mean? So I'm going right. over my goals for the day by six 30. I usually hop on the elliptical three or four times a week just to get my cardio going on because I'm sitting here consulting throughout the day. Um, and then, you know, when I get home, I usually do my weights, but in the morning, um, coffee creamer, review my high performance habits, do my cardio. And then it's all just getting the boys ready for school, making sure I focus on them helping with the little one, even though my wife does basically everything and just getting ready to get out the door. Nice. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. I'm sure that your family loves that time, right? Like I, I do my best to kind of guard my time from the time that they wake up like 637 until my first call, which is at 830 with my team. I do my best to like, that's, that's, that's their time. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think, I think, I think you're very self-aware about you are about who you are. And, and, and I think that that's definitely been something that I've been the most proud of being able to grow in the last, you know, five, six years is really understanding who I am. And, and, and honestly understanding I'm, I'm like super selfish, right? Like I'm really, really selfish by nature. Right. And so, you know, I actually, um, I started doing the miracle morning, uh, back in 2015, yet it took me maybe like two and a half, three years to really get consistent with it. Cause it's hard. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I go through the savers. I really do them all. I get up now at 4 AM. Wow. I get up at four and like from four to six, six 30, like I have like two and a half hours to just Romeo. Mm, love it, dude. Right. So like I meditate, I work out, I, I read, I journal, I journal to the girls, I journal to myself, I journal to my wife that hope one day, you know, they'll, I'll give them to them. Uh, I read my affirmations. I try to visualize, I, I do my best to work out. Right. But like, I can't tell you the difference my days are when I maybe for whatever reason, stayed up too late and I oversleep and I get up at six 30 and I miss that whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like night and day, the product, day. productivity of my day, my mood, mood. right? Everything. Yeah. Big time. I, th- I think logically is huge. Yeah, dude. Physiologically. I mean, we're Tony Robbins says we're still hardwired with the same hardware from, you know, a million years ago. You know what I mean? But what we're doing is we're updating our software, which are books, tours, mm. podcasts, speakers, you know, what, whatever health working out, you know, studying. So that's why we're able to do this because bro, back in the day, me and you would be on horseback all day, every day, you know, pillaging villages, you know, like seriously, that's what it was back in the day in the medieval times. So I love that quote by uh, Tony Robbins where he's like, we're still walking around with million year old hardware. It's up to us to update our software to make sure our machines are effective and efficient in today's today's society. So yeah, man, I'm pushing to wake up earlier now and go to bed earlier um, Ariana Huffington's book, you know, uh, the science of sleep. Um, mm-hmm. that's one that I picked up literally and has been on my shelf for like the last five years and I've never cracked into it. It's like one mm-hmm. of the most embarrassing things. I have a book about sleep by Ariana Huffington and I've never looked at it. That's how excited I've been to look, <laughs> look into that. <laughs> I'm always looking into like peak performance and stuff to do while you're awake, not to do while you're asleep, but the sleep is one of the biggest components to having a healthy life, um, mm-hmm. to make sure you get your six to eight hours or however much you need. Yeah, for sure. And everybody's different. How many, how many hours of sleep do you need? I need six, at least yeah. if I don't get at least six, I'm, I'm starting to realize that I'm going to be in a bad mood dur- during the day. Yeah. I think I'm probably six, six and a half is like a minimum. Seven is like my sweet spot. Eight. I'm like, what did I do with myself? <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel like, I just, why, I don't, do you remember the last sick? time you slept in? Like what was the last time you slept in and how late did you sleep? I don't, I don't even think my body will let me do it anymore. I think for me, sleeping in now would be like 8, 8.30. And the last time I did that, I, I don't remember. And if I did it, it probably was because we had something that we were doing the night before that certainly made it harder to get up on time, right? <laughs> exactly. but, but it wasn't for no other reason, you know? Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, controlling that the, the, the nighttime bookends is crucial to the evening journal right before you go to bed, like just kind of mm. looking at the, the daily habits scorecard. 
Um, that helps me too um, for the next day. And my whole schedule is literally planned. I take it from my phone and I write it all out for the next day, even though it's like mundane and repetitive, something about writing out my appointments for the next day just gives me more clarity and less anxiety. When I wake up the next day, I know I've got this person, this person, this person, because I wrote it down the night before. It's not just in my phone where I'm just following my phone. I have my schedule downloaded internal which helps with my anxiety because if I'm going back to back to back, I know if I got 15 minutes, you know, to eat lunch real quick or whatever, I can knock that out without having to look at my calendar. So it just reduces my anxiety and fulfills me more. Interesting. You know, I, this year has been the year of like really managing my time better. Mm -hmm. um, and we talk a lot in our worlds about, you know, just like living entrepreneurially and, and like, I want to make a distinction for everybody listening. Like there's a difference between doing things entrepreneurially and being an entrepreneur, they don't necessarily go together, you know, hand in hand, yeah. right? And so when we talk about entrepreneurially, we just mean doing things nat that come naturally to you, right? Yet being an entrepreneur obviously just means that you are doing a business kind of on your own and you're trying to grow something, maybe doing something a little bit different. Yet we know that we have to put in some sort of a system in or a process Otherwise, we'll never really break through our natural ceiling of achievement, right? And so like for me, I've always ran my day, you know, just like I know I got all the stuff to do and I can just get it done. Yet it's always been that stress, right? Like I get to the end of the day and I can feel like my shoulders are like, oh, I, and then I have to and everything drops down, right. but like you don't even realize. And so, you know, what I've started to do is in that part of that routine is I have a section where I review my my 411, which is a tool that we use, right? And I say, okay, what are the things that I need to do? And I look at my calendar and I leave my calendar blank until that morning. And then I fill my day that morning. That's what I do for me. That's what works for me. And, and because what I, what I had a really bad habit of doing, and my wife will tell you this, and she really, really would hate it and like yell at me all the time about it. Um, she would tell me that we were going to do something and I'd say, yeah, yeah, okay, great, got it. I would never write it or put it anywhere. Uh, and then I would just be on the phone with somebody. They say, I want to meet at this time or that time. I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I'd put it on there. And then I'd come home and tell my wife, all excited that I set a new appointment. And she'd be like, seriously, we have this, that, or the other. I'm like, oh my God, I have to change it. Big time. So, she sends me invites now, bro. My wife knows to send me invites. She's like, did you get my invite? Did you get my invite? Is it, accept <laughs> is it on your calendar? So like literally she knows how to get my attention. It's, um. I feel your pain, bro. Trust me. Yeah. Getting that done. It's a game changer. Making sure that the wifey knows what's going on with the calendar just as much as you do. Totally. Game changer, man. Totally. Yeah. She has access to all my stuff. Uh, it's really funny. Sometimes she'll be like, uh, so what do you have going on today? I'm like, oh, I don't really have anything. She's like, really? You don't have an appointment in DC today? I'm like, oh yeah, I do have an appointment in DC today. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I she totally schedules around it. it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. All right. Um, all right. So listen, this is, this has been a really awesome podcast. Um, I think people are going to really enjoy it and love it. Um, before we tune out of here, uh, anything else that you want to share with us, it's important to you, uh, anything that maybe we didn't cover that you'd like to share with our, our audience, our Maverick nation. Mm, not really just, you know, um, create your own world. You know, we, we live in a world right now where you have the ability to do whatever it is that you want. There's resources at your fingertips right here on your phone, you know, so there's literally no excuse for you to get whatever you, you want to get for you not to get whatever you want to get. Um, you know, if anybody wants to connect with me, you know, feel free to visit me at my website, uh, johndavidkirk.com, J-O-N-DavidKirk.com. You can request you know, time on my schedule. I'm happy to chat. I love chopping it up. As you can see, Romeo, me and you do this naturally. Um, this is all day, every day, man. So, you know, whatever the topic is, I mean, like you said, we could talk for four hours until we're blue yeah. in the face. Um, so at some point, I guess we got to cut it off, but it's like, if anybody <laughs> wants to talk about anything else, I'm an open book, you know, I'm happy to share anything that I've done with you. If it can help you in your journey in any shape, way or form, I would love to bend over backwards to help anybody. You know, at the end of the day, my mission is still the same as it was when I came into this business. And that's just to provide value to other human beings without the expectation of what I receive in return. And uh, as a result of doing that, you know, the universe tends to take care of us. So I'm going to continue to do that and provide that value blindly without expectation, no strings attached and magical things just continue to happen. And I encourage everybody out there to give, give, give. If somebody asks you if they want something that you have, or, you know, you have knowledge that, that they could, 
you can help them with, give it away because, you know, I used to hoard my stuff and it kept me closed off from receiving more information. And once I opened up and gave it all away, which my coach taught me to do, it, it left me open to continue to grow, develop, learn, evolve, and just raise my lid of achievement to new heights, which like you said, man, I wrote this quote down, what you used to wish for, you now have. And that's, that's so true, you know? So what we're wishing for soon in the future, we will then have that as well. Looking back on this and this conversation, just going to be very powerful, man. Yeah, absolutely. Now, where can people find you on social, YouTube, any of those other pieces? Yeah, just John David Kirk, um, at John David Kirk, J-O-N-D-A-V-I-D Kirk. Um, that's my handle on all my social profiles. And again, johndavidkirk.com. You can get to all my social profiles through my website as well. Okay, perfect. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, uh, just one last thing, because you said about putting it out versus hoarding it. You know, there's a great, great piece in one of um, Zig Ziglar's seminars that I listen to all the time. And he talks about this little boy that had a fight with his mom and he runs out into the woods and he screams out, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And all of a sudden he hears back from the woods. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And he runs back inside, terrified to his mom and tells his mom, says, mom, there's a little boy out there that told me that he hates me. And she said, son, I bet you if you ran back out there and said, I love you, I love you, I love you, he would say it back to you. And in essence, it was just his echo, but it was just (laughs) a great way of symbolizing that what you put out is what you'll get back. Bro, what a fire, fire way to wrap this, bro. That's huge. I love that, man. Just the littlest things are so powerful, man. You know what I mean? It stems back to something that we can just put ourselves in that place where I know I've done that before as a, as a youngster and I've heard that echo come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that hits home for me, man. It's very, very powerful. Awesome. I love it. Well, get back. John, this has been fantastic. Maverick nation, everybody. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in. Um, please check us out on our next one. And this will be up live very soon on our, on our YouTube page as well. Check us out on social uh, at Maverick Nate. Um, at Maverick Mindset. And uh, if you want to find me, you can also find me at uh, Realtor Romeo Santos on Instagram and also just uh, Red Anchor Properties on uh, Facebook. So thanks, everybody. It's been fantastic, John. Pleasure. Love you, brother. This has been awesome. Thank you so much, Romeo. Thank you, man.